some states like California, you're getting like a 1%, 2% cap rate. But the lender was getting a three and a quarter, 3.5% rate, which meant that lender was making more money on that property by getting the interest on the loan that you're paying them than you were owning it, operating it, renting it out, and paying your mortgage. So if your cap rate's a 1% and the mm-hmm. lender's making 3.5%, they're making 2.5% more than you on your property at the end of the day because that's how much more interest they're getting versus what you're making in profit. Right. And people were still trading these properties. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Jump in there. Get in. You know, nothing makes me really pop off on the show when we start it when you give me verbal cues to start. (laughs) You get angry. No, I don't get angry. I just feel like, you know, you're like peeing on my foot a little bit. Marking your territory. <laughs> this week's show, we're going to cover Jamie Dimon selling out and going on the worst possible show ever and talking to the worst possible person ever to give some really good financial advice that we agree with. So, <laughs> grain of salt in that whole thing. Right. Then we're going to shimmy on down to what happened in the Fed rate outlook, which caused all sorts of really crazy, weird problems in the market. This was on Monday of the mm-hmm. week that we're recording this. Today is, I believe, February 23rd. And then we're going to talk about what then happened to mortgage rates. Yes. Spoiler alert, we may have told you not to celebrate too early. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then I'm going to get into what I think is a very hot topic in sight, and I probably see eye to eye on this, but I'm going to give you a dissenting opinion vis-a-vis a conversation I had on social media about U.S. home values declining a significant amount in the second half, according to Redfin, one of our favorite data providers these days. Shout out to all the listeners that send us articles. Yeah, this one was great. I, I had like 15 people send me this and be like, bro, you called it. And I'm yeah. like, not Saeed, though. <laughs> 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 we'll talk about existing home sales, uh, some landlord stuff that's escalating. And then, for some reason, and I think I know Saeed's trying to bait me into some Amex black card arrogant speak. <laughs> He puts an article in here about American Express airport lounges cutting back on the fee plus ones. Yeah. Free plus ones. The free. Ones. I mean, I was going to let that go, but it's fine. Right? It's okay. I just, I, I'm arrogant. I thought it was free. <laughs> 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 well, so let, let's let's jump right in to our boy, Jamie Dimon. Mm-hmm. You were the one that told me that you saw this on the show and somebody interviewing him. So tell everybody what you heard, what you, what you told me. <clears throat> so I saw it on CNBC. And he sat down for an interview with your boy, Kramer. The man, the myth, the legend, the world's best troll. 
The man is 100% wrong 100% of the time. Exactly. If he says home prices are going to go up, as a matter of fact, he did say recently, mm-hmm. this is not 2008. <clears throat> home values aren't going to struggle the same way. And I was like, damn it, there goes the market. Yeah, exactly. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he sat down for a lengthy interview. They only released like the first part of the interview. It's like they're trying to what, re- release these like on a day by day to gain some traction. I'll tell you right now, don't let me have more time with Jim Cramer in the seat. Dude, I purposely turn off. I watch CNBC all day long. Right. It it takes extra work for me to go over and turn it off. And every single time I see his face come on. Right. That's off. I can't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I cannot take him seriously. He he is so wrong so frequently. Yeah. It, it has to be. a tro- He has to be trolling everybody. My brain goes into like overtime, just picking out all the things that he's saying wrong. It make absolutely no. And the one yeah. part I don't get is he got like these fanboys. Who will call in? Be like, hey, Jim, first time caller, long time listener. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, like stop, like why are you listening? What are your thoughts on on Tesla moving back to California, man? Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. What? No, I didn't. Since yeah. when? Why? They held a whole press conference, right? Okay. And Elon Musk and Governor Newsom, so grain of salt, not a fan. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, they they come out. And they announced that Tesla's moving their headquarters back from Texas after two years. Wow, why? Uh, they're moving up to Palo Alto. Okay. Which will be closer to Twitter, which he also owns. Makes sense. I'm assuming there's a lot of tax breaks and they there's try to buy the be. business back. Yeah. But California just had what? In the last couple of years or last year or something like that, it was like half half a million people exited? Yep. 500, one, 500, of the large, one of the largest. Yeah, 500,000. Was it two years or was it the last two years, right? Uh, Let us Google that. Oh, uh, and for everybody out there going, oh my God, why is Chris actually doing like manual labor? Like, is he actually typing something? Oh yeah, exactly. Our uh, our intern Rune decided he was going to take his first vacation day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's using his PTO already that hasn't accrued yet. I thought we'd give him unlimited PTO. No, uh, unbelievable. This guy already taking days off. Yeah, I know, dude. So we gotta have. I mean, so we talked to HR. So if I know, so when this episode drops, if everyone likes the way this show turned out better than the ones with him on. We might, need, we might need to have a conversation. So California exodus continues as population drops by 500,000 in the last two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was true. Mm-hmm. That's from the LA Times and New York Post. Pretty much everybody mm-hmm. was reporting on that. I, I don't think it was that shocking as much as it was just like we all kind of knew it was happening. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, how many of those people are just people that realize I'll never be able to afford a home here? I wonder how many of those people are I mean, maybe fed up with the politics, if that's what they're into. You just described me. <laughs> that's, that's me. Well, th- so you're late. You're late. 500,000 people left already. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so, I yeah. do. I, we, we've talked, Joanna and I have talked about this. We're like, Texas is looking mighty good these days, man. Those property taxes, though. Those property, yeah. That's oh, what gets you. God. It's like 2.6, It's like a wash, right? I mean, how, how like... What it's, does the home have to be in order for it to make sense? You have to really be downgrading in like overall mortgage to make sense of it. Yeah. If you downgrade from like if you're in California and you like like a two million dollar property and you go down, mm-hmm. then you could effectively probably make sense of it. But if you're upgrading your property or buying a more expensive property there and you live in here, yeah, then that's not going to work for you. You're going to your your benefit of not paying state tax at thirteen percent is going to probably get eviscerated depending on what your mortgage looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some circumstances where it makes mathematical sense. Yeah, but. We try to do this over and over again. I, first of all, I still like Texas. I would move there. I don't really care about the property taxes stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. it's more of just like logistics with our son and my wife and family and daycare, totally, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that being said, for most people, it's going to be really hard to be economically viable if unless you're getting more home for less dollars. 
Right. And for most people who move, they can't afford a home here in the first place. So therein lies a bigger problem. And I respect a lot of people that can, you know, bite that bullet and move. Like someone like you who's been born and raised here, right? Or maybe not born here, born in Oklahoma. Why are you asking me like you don't know? I know you at some point you lived in Oklahoma. What I don't know if you were born shit there. Shit kind of story. Well, Bro. Born in Oklahoma, but raised here. Okay. I, I moved to Sacramento when I was two months old. Okay. So two months. See, come on. Yeah. But I was, you know, Oklahoma baby. And then like to be able to bite that bullet and be willing to uproot your entire family to go live in Texas just for like the betterment of your family. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not that comfortable. I can't, I, I need to know. Yeah, but you got a lot of family around you that helps. We don't have as much as you yeah, do. Yeah, that does keep us grounded. And don't get me wrong. Like, I like my family and all, but I can see them less. <laughs> no, my mom's in Oklahoma. My yeah. mom, my mom, and sister there, and I'm really, really close to my mom, and my sister. You know, damn it, side, stay on topic, bro. Right, this is you, Jesus. Jamie Diamond says, according to Bloomberg Business, the U.S. economy is facing some quote scary stuff end quote ahead, mm -hmm. and that right there, plus this really sexy photo of Jamie Diamond, which looks very much like Goodfellas. God, does he just he just looks like he's a billionaire? <laughs> Doesn't he? God he does. damn. It got my attention. The U.S. economy has obstacles to overcome, though there's still a chance for a so-called soft landing, Jamie Dimon said. Why, Jamie? Jamie, you're better than this. Yes. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Okay? Nobody gets a softy. Nobody gets a <laughs> hofty, a hardy. Like, it's just, like, stop. Okay? Yeah. It's just a recession. Yeah. We're going to get a recession. You know what he's doing with soft, the soft landing speak? He's hedging he's, his bets. He's soft serving the people. Yeah, he's soft serving something. Yeah. Nobody wants it soft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why all these things are out there trying to get you harder. Well, your body. Yeah. You want a harder body. You want, do you want everything? Do you, want, do you want soft abs? Or you want hard abs? What yeah. do you want? You want you want soft money or hard money? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. You want soft chicken or hard chicken? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, they're probably soft chicken. Right. Okay. So it doesn't work for everything. He goes on the quote from Jamie Dimon is the U.S. economy right now is doing quite well. Sounded an awfully lot like Brian Moynihan there. For I don't me. like this. Yeah. I don't like this, Jamie. Consumers have a lot of money. They're spending it. Jobs are plentiful. I mean, consumers have a lot of money. We know that the rate of the savings is going down so quite a bit. I instantly knew that Jamie Diamond was drunk while this, article, <laughs> this was happening, right? <laughs> Clearly, so, he had yeah. to. He was talking to Kramer. If you're going to be on with Kramer, you might as well troll back. So maybe he was trolling with the troll. Right. Because he said some stuff that's completely opposite to this prior to this. Right. I have a quote from this too that you don't have on here that I want to read. <laughs> okay. So he goes, the JP Morgan CEO said on CNBC, CNBC Thursday, quote, out in front of us, there's some scary stuff. Mm -hmm. okay, let, let's just use really complicated financial speak for America, Jamie. I mean, he's no Milton Friedman. I mean, Milton Friedman would be like, run, run. <laughs> it's going to end, man. And then he would explain it to you in a really complicated way. And you'd be like, shit, he's right. Damn. The world's going to end. <laughs> he's got a point. Uh, Diamond said the level of uncertainty about where the economy is headed is worse than usual. Uh, duh. Yeah. Citing a list of obstacles that include the Federal Reserve's quantitative tightening. Really? Yeah. You're the head of the world's largest bank, and that's your gift to us? Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for imparting your knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so profound. Yeah, it's just, Jesus Christ. As well as Russia, Ukraine, oil, gas, war, <laughs> migration, <laughs> trade, China. He's just naming anything. Why don't you just say it, et cetera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jamie. That's a Russia, Ukraine, like, oil, gas, war, migration. What? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I, honestly, I think he just didn't want to do the interview. So it just was like, yeah, Jim. Yeah. You know, quantitative tightening. <laughs> yeah. Russia, migration, China, spy balloons. Yeah. <laughs> you just, know? just name everything that's yeah. going on in the news. You know, 
It's, just, it's hard out here in these streets. I know. Jim Cramer. Got to deal with Kanye trying to take meetings with me. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye tried to I'm insist still, on a meeting with Jamie Dimon. I'm, I'm still trying to avoid meeting Kanye. Jamie Dimon sends a letter saying, we'd like to end your relationship with the bank immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, not even that. He said somebody else. Somebody else from the board sent that letter. I don't want this. And I'll let you yeah, yeah. What, what quote would you get? Give me the quote from So the he goes, he says it to Kramer. He says, a lot of respect for Jay Powell, but we lost a little bit of control of inflation. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no shit, dude. Jesus like, Christ. was come he on, sober during this dude, interview? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe he was just. That's not a diss, and that's not. Jerome Powell has said maybe we acted late. Yeah, this is not revolutionary. I think that that was his way of just saying, "Look, I like Jerome Powell, but it's his fault. Everything, so, everything that's happening, everything that's gonna come, it's his fault." Yeah, he was like, "We didn't do this." Yeah, don't look at me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the big bad bank. There are seven members on the A team. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your president voted them in the Senate, confirmed them. Mm -hmm. It's their fault. Right. Obviously. I like how everybody talks about how, like, oh, Jerome Powell acted late. Yeah. It's like, just because he's a Fed secretary doesn't mean they, there's seven people, man. Yeah. I know. It's a it's, vote. He's just the one delivering. He's the messenger. You're, you're killing the messenger. Can you imagine if, if in the real world, Jerome Powell was like, hey, guys, we need to raise rates like now, like, like six months before it happened. Yeah. And like Neil Kashkar was like, nah, brother. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Not going to do Cash it. Cash ain't moving money. <laughs> Oh, it's the best. Cash ain't gonna move Hey, bullish, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what's going on. He's, got, right? he's the best FOMC member. <laughs> yeah. Neil Kashkari. FFOMC. Yeah. Yeah. That's the new gang signs. Mm. Well, <laughs> so this, of course, all came as as uh not a surprise when it all kind of wrapped up mm -hmm. in the Fed rate outlook. Now, I'm innocently watching CNBC. In between meetings, I like to do this a lot. Like, if I have got like a couple minutes, I just want to check the screen, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, the minutes came out. Yes. When the minutes came out, the market was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. 25 basis points in May is really likely. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. And as a result, the 2023 Fed year end forecast pushed the 4.63% Fed borrowings rate to in April 23 to 4.88%. Mm-hmm. In August of 23 to 5.35%. And it effectively has this holding all the way to January 24. Yep. Which really means that as we get to a Fed funds target of 5.5%. Now, if you do the math from where we're at currently, Said, how many, how many Fed interest rate increases at 25 basis points is that? It'll be three more. So for March, May, and then June. Because I think the Fed target rate from the beginning that nobody chose to believe. All the investors were calling bluff was somewhere between 5.1 to 5.4 percent. Yeah. Now we know that these are in 25, 25 basis point increments, so it would be a terminal rate of 5.25 percent to 5.5 percent. Does it hurt you to know that you're right all the time? No, not all the time, man. Come on. I mean, you haven't been wrong on one of these yet, and uh, I don't like giving you compliments. And to be honest with you. The one, the one thing I'll say is I have been calling them like. Oh shit! I have, here we go. <laughs> See, I, I mess around and give you a compliment, and then you gotta take. It I just, I, I just feel like you're leaving some of the compliments out. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I've, I've been calling, I've been calling the rate hikes like two times in advance. No, not, no, I, I'm not I, just I, calling I the next one. But you're a pessimist, though. I what? feel like when when things start getting like cutting, going down, you're gonna be way late to that party. No, you think? Oh yeah, because you're a Fed hike like bull. You love this shit. No, no, I don't. I you don't. do. You are not dovish. Stop playing with the pole, bro. We no. talked about this. <laughs> no, I don't. I just okay. A part of a part of the prediction is also what I think is needed. So I, it's not just that I think this is what the Fed's going to do. It's this is 
what they need to do, right? Like if it's if it's get, if it's already starting to get sticky at six point four percent CPI, right? Then we're in trouble. It, sh- it shouldn't have gotten sticky till maybe around five percent. All right. Well, Captain, I make predictions way out in advance. Uh oh. Let's play. No, this not game. all predictions. But no, let's, let's roll some dice here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some hypotheticals, so we don't know any of this is true. So you're 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 guessing off hypotheticals I'm giving you. Okay. Let's say inflation is in fact sticky, like we believe it that it is. Yes. Let's say inflation doesn't creep down much at all, if anything, by the next print. It won't. Jobs. We have, I think the jobs report will be interesting. I think unemployment will move in the right direction, but not significantly. Mm-hmm. We get to May. We're still in that scenario. You, you absolutely see June 25 basis points. <clears throat> yeah. Do you see any world in your mind do you think where you see 50 basis points from one of these? No, cuz that that's pretty that's really really aggressive. I don't see cuz it's like it's exactly what you said in the past. You know, what they're trying to show is some form of stability, right? And consistency. And consistency. So, if they start reversing course and going back the other way, who's to say that they wouldn't go up to 75 basis points? Yeah, I mean, right. That's what Volcker did though in the '80s. Yeah, I agree. Volcker did this in the '80s. He's everybody thought he was done, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Nope, we're going back up." Right. And Powell is a big fan of, of Volcker. Now, granted, Powell doesn't make decisions alone, mm-hmm. but people are not putting enough emphasis in my mind on the fact that November twenty four is an election year. Right. You know, I know that I know that we've said this in the past that it's not the Fed's responsibility to look out for what. The U.S. can service as their debt payment. That's not that's not what they they should be concerned with, right? True, but I think in all reality they are because if they weren't, why why would, they, why would they be? Why did they stop? Go raise it? No, no, no. That's not that has nothing to do with that, huh? The debt payments? You really think so? I think I do. If you're if you're really because we've never we've never had what the the uh, GDP uh, ratio. No, I get that. It's like 130. percent They've raised it 78 times. They're going to raise it a 79th time. I mean, this, no, this no, is no. like. I mean, come on now. But the debt to GDP ratio has never been this high. No, I get it. So, neither is consumer spending. Neither has credit card debt. Neither has so, know, auto loans. Unprecedented times. So all the other times. When does all this stuff break down, though? Like that, that's the question: Is what's the catalyst to make this this home price and the, and the home equity position on people? It's really propping up everything. And as much as we say, like, values are coming down, values are coming, and they are coming down. Mm-hmm. That's proven at this point. We'll, yeah. get into, we'll get into how, how wrong Dave Ramsey was. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dave Ramsey. You being wrong consistently has given me so much content for the show. Honestly. Thank you for being wrong. So I love that his book is up, yeah. is up here. You doubling down on that press conference where home values are not going to go down yeah. every year for the next five years. <laughs> I, I have listeners who sent me that article saying, Chris, can you do me a favor? Can you read this article in Dave Ramsey voice on the show? You have to. I've got to. Got to do it for the I've people. Got to do it for the people. Have to. But so much, so much good things came from him being him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you being an idiot has helped me out. <laughs> but here's the problem, though: is, is to, I will give him a little bit of credit. Ah, credit that uh, I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. Like I don't know what's going to set the market back. And I think that's why Jamie Dimon says stuff like, "Oh, there, there's still a pathway out." Because we haven't seen the catalyst for what's going to bring down the house of cards. Right. Well, we can't keep going like this, right? No. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Obviously, I think, I think what's ultimately going to break everyone's back is the you know, is consumer debt. Now, how, how does that actually play out? I don't know. The weight of the massive consumer debt is going to break their back? Yes. I have that problem, too. <laughs> you got that problem? Yeah. The weight 
the weight, the weight right. aspect, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am fat, bro. <laughs> it's so so I was I was in so <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and I I was cool. in I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I, I've accepted it. Like I'm at a point now where so someone came back in the office after working from home and and she said, Wow, Chris put on a lot of weight. And I knew that I put on weight. It's very insensitive. I've had to, I've had to like get new suits. I mean, obviously, like I've I've reached the point to can, where can we can we stop and pause for a second? Why? We could never as a as a guy, I could never say that about a girl. No, no, I get never. it, but you know, it's unacceptable culturally. Like I like I don't I don't care. It's true. I know it's true. It's true. But I was already in that mindset, and you know, I get on a plane, which blows me a little bit. You know, I I put on, I hold some water weight in. You can feel the difference, huh? Fly out to Northern California. Come on, when you're that big, you don't feel the difference. Stop. <laughs> land in oakland drive from oakland to auburn auburn to roseville i'm in roseville for the night i'm tired i just got back from dinner i had a little bit a little bit of drink at dinner and uh i'm taking a shower and in front of me is a mirror but to the right of me is a full-length mirror oh man and i'm in lighting that would normally be good to show like muscular like angles but when you're fat it shows a lot of like rotundness yeah. Now, There's you, a lot of curves that weren't there before. Are you the type of guy that sees that and now avoids that mirror? Or are you looking at it and just like... I'm looking at it in complete and utter disgust of myself. You're just like, what a piece of I'm shit. I'm trying to like twist and see if I have like those like flappy love handles. And then I really, I realize that I do. Yeah. And then I want, I wanted to see my back looks as bad as my front does. <laughs> and it does, but my butt's smooth. So it's all good. Remember when you had all that striation? <laughs> oh God. I used to be able to, I mean, I was lean. Yeah. Now it's like, and the worst part about it is, is like, I want to like, be disciplined and eat well. Yeah. My wife's such a damn good cook now and I don't want to like not eat with my family and her. Yeah, of course. I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm thinking that the only solution I have is I got to binge and purge. Yeah, this is, yeah. Like I just, I got to have an eating disorder to lose weight now. It's yeah. just never going to happen. <laughs> exactly. it, it, I don't even mean to make a joke about it. Like, there's just no other way. Like I got, it's just, yeah, no, it's you just got to accept it. I remember for years you always used to wonder like, man, how come all these dads are so, so fat? Just be a little disciplined. Now you get it. Yeah. It's hurtful. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the dads out there if I've ever offended you. <laughs> you get it now. Yeah, be, be gentle. This is what happens when you're trying to be a good dad, good husband. Yeah, it's difficult, man. Like, mm-hmm. You wouldn't know, but it's fine. Oh, wow. All right. So all these things in the market, this instability. Mm-hmm. Market goes kind of nuts on Monday. Entire banking sector. Frankly, the NASDAQ, the NYSE, they're all down big. For several days, right? For several days after that, for sure. But definitely Monday. And that's because... This 25 basis points that the the world essentially was kind of like, eh, we don't know about May. Even even the Bloomberg probability index, world and straight probability, was at 80%. I remember when it gets to 100%, it's 25 basis points. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't even a full consensus 100% probability for that rate hike. And then these minutes come out. Mm-hmm. And then the market shifts, right? Now, mind you, the market is just pricing in something they think is going to happen in May. Right. This is... Two and a half months mm-hmm. away, right? So what happens as a result of all this? U.S. mortgage rates jumped to the highest level since November, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. This came from a Reuters article. Starting to price in that 25 basis Starting points. Starting to price it in. The average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage jumped by 23 basis points to 6.62% for the week ending February 17th, following stronger than expected retail sales and labor market data, as well as still robust monthly inflation readings, Mm -hmm. which compelled investors to up their bets that the U.S. Central Bank will have to keep raising its policy rates through the summer. Yeah, man. I don't know how to say this, kids, but your realtor out there who was like, rates are coming down, they were wrong. 
They were wrong. I know. And we were out in front of that early. I feel like a, there was a lot of like misplaced optimism. People think that, you know, mortgage rates are high. People aren't buying homes. So that's why eventually they're going to bring mortgage rates down. That's not how this works. No, not no, at all. No, zero. Not you know? at all. Especially if you're not. This is why we talk about all the other key indicators. Why we spoke about PPI last month, right? PPI, right, is when producers have higher input costs, that increases production costs, and that gets passed on to consumers. We saw that. Did you read your notes to say that? Just make sure that I get it right. Yeah, in the right order. You literally said the exact same quote like three times in the show. It's important to repeat. Okay. The reason why that's important. Oh, you're trying to be educational. The, it's a leading indicator for CPI, right? And the <laughs> don't, do this. don't make funny faces at me. I can't, I can't handle it. This is why we can't make eye contact on the show. <laughs> I've been trying to lick my microphone and look at you this whole time. You just noticed. <laughs> oh, I swear. When we start getting cameras in here, people are going to wonder why. It's going to be very weird. People are going to wonder why I'm staring at the ceiling. I'm for sure going to catch another lawsuit when that happens. <laughs> Be like, I'm offended at whatever the fuck that was that I just watched. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So we know that those are producer costs that get passed on to the consumer. Last month, we saw that that rose 0.7% month over month. Yeah. So this is one of the rare, one of the instances where we're we're analyzing the month over month figure, where we normally analyze the year over year figure. So we see that it rose 0.7% month over month. What is that when that price gets passed down to consumers? What does that happen to the next month's CPI? Yeah, it's going to go up. Yep, you know, or it's going to stay stagnant, or it's going to be very meh. And see that—that's the part that I think gets lost in the media. Somebody accused me recently of you only read the headlines, bro, and I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) And I love it when somebody will send me a message like that on social media. You only read the headlines, bro. You don't know. You know about the underlying data, and I'm like. Okay, inevitably, this goes one way. Mm. You're a realtor broker, and you're going to tell me about supply and demand. And that's exactly where this dude went. And I want to be like, and I I say this with no arrogance. I'm just trying to be honest. Like, spend two minutes. Look at what I do for a living. Yeah. We have a podcast. Listen to the podcast for like five minutes in, you know? Right. And just go, damn, these guys talk about literally all the data. We talk about all the data, and we're also trying to simplify it as, as well as we can, right? Well, and look, I remember when I first started to really take an interest in the economy, it seemed overwhelmingly complicated. Mm-hmm. All these numbers coming out, I didn't know what they meant. Plus, you know, why is the market moving in certain ways? It's confusing. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should go take an accounting class. so I could, you know, I could learn some of this stuff, even though I was technically underwriting loans at the time. Right. And it was really difficult for me to, to try to piece it all together. And really, the, the benefit of the show is we try to give you the important pieces and explain why they matter. Right. Exactly. And and try to explain the cascading effect. Now, granted, I will admit the cascading effect lately has been bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And all the positive news that we, we find it difficult to talk about is because that's usually a biased spin that we're trying to avoid because yeah. we know the economy is not headed towards a softy. Right. Yeah. You're going to get a big hearty at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. You know, we're not I mean, we're not celebrating that. I mean, we, that's not what we want. I mean, we celebrate a little bit. No, we don't. Well, that's I, not, yeah, we do. We do yeah. a little bit because here's why. It's the I told you so. It's no. You yeah. better believe if I ever got on a podcast with Dave Ramsey and ever sat across from him, that's never it's, gonna happen. It's gonna never gonna happen. Never. But <laughs> especially not this week. Yeah. I, I may <laughs> wait till tomorrow's post. The next thing we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the next article we're gonna talk about, which we can jump into now. Then I have to do this full thing in Dave Ramsey voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Because I, I got data on that too. Came out from Market Watch. Mm-hmm. And when this article came out, I literally tagged Dave Ramsey in and said, You remember when house, you said house prices were going to go down every oh, year for yeah, the next five I saw years? That. Yeah. What happened? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many people in my DMs that were like loyalists to him. You don't know what you're talking about, supply and demand. And I'm like, How are you still arguing that home values are not going down? This article literally says they were going down while he was telling you they would not. Right. Which is what we were so pissed off about the last six months of 2022. Mm-hmm. And I was so frustrated with, and I kept tagging him and stuff and like commenting on stuff. And I eventually got blocked because <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a little more annoying than I realized. That's, that's naturally what's going to happen. Yeah. But that being said, like, that's why we were so pissed. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to let this go. Right. I'm never going to do it. Exactly. Anytime I see a bald dude with glasses with a southern like accent, I'm going to get mad because I think it's Dave Ramsey. I know. So You know, the, the part that, that sucks about that, though, and this is we know, I think, home prices have increased something upwards of like 40% over the last three years. Something in some like markets. Not some all, some yeah. markets, right? So when this does start to reverse and start going back the other way, it still will have, we, and we've said this too, we predicted that it, it's only going to go down 10 to 15%. Yeah. Right. In most and, markets, and most, it'll be somewhere most, in there. Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. There will be outliers, of course. Of course. But he'll say that, look, it never came back down below pandemic levels. And then it shot back up. So uh, I was right. You know, and that, that's what he's going to start to cite. But we're just talking about the now, people. That's all we're talking about. Yeah, well, the, the, he's going to say on average yes. over the course of the year. But I'll tell you right now, I, and this is my, my, my point then, and I think it's that if the last six months of the year, home values were going down. And the first six months of the year, they were going up at an accelerated rate. You might be, okay, net, net, 2022 home values gone up. I really don't think you're going to get a net positive at the end of the year on aggregate for home values in 2023. I really don't see it. I don't no. see a world where that happens. Yeah. The data's already leaning that way. Exactly. So let's get into it, shall we? And I'm not going to do the whole thing in Dave Ramsey voice because I don't think I can keep my, fa- I can keep my face and my voice going at the same yeah. time. I just can't do it. What is the market watch? Market watch. See, I'm already screwed <laughs> I'm so excited to make Dave Ramsey jokes. <laughs> According to Market Watch, U.S. home values declined by 2.3 trillion in the second half of 2022. Redfin says, and if you listen to our previous show, good for you. You did your homework. You know about the Black Knight article, as reported by Yahoo News, mm-hmm. where we went city by city across the country to talk about how significant the losses were, and they are significant, and it's a lot of cities. Right. And Redfin so. anagram for friend. Which I don't I still get. don't get it. Yeah, like Fuck red me. friend. I mean, it's all friend. I get it. But I just don't understand why you would go with that. Like, why? why? Yeah. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Redfin Corporation said Wednesday the total values of homes in the United States totaled $45.3 trillion at the end of 2022, which is down about $2.3 trillion or 4.9% from the June 2022 peak of 47.7 trillion dollars damn that's a lot of l's that's a a, a couple trillion that marked the biggest decline for any june to december period since the 2008 financial crisis Mm -hmm. during the financial crisis the real estate services company had said (laughs) okay so home values yeah. I'm not going to go down every year. But this year, they'll go down a little bit. They're going to come right back. <laughs> right back. Because every year for the next five years, yeah. home values are only going to go up. Oh, only going to go up. Only up. Okay? Yeah. I've been in real estate 
44 years. Yeah. And I, I obviously, obviously, I know absolutely nothing about the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. But I need commissions so I can continue to pay for all this that you see on the RAM right. Z network. On the RAMs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man. So in addition, in addition to, to this information, U.S. existing home sales report came out. Uh-oh. Yeah, not good. Not not good. Some stuff that came out. So this marked the you know, 12 straight months of overall decline in sales. Sales have slowed down by 37% since January of 2022. You know it's a trip? Social media, man. Mm-hmm. My most reliable source for news. I love to log on and I love... So there's some realtors I know that are in high net worth areas. They're still crushing it. You can see them moving stuff. But it's clear. I don't care how rosy, optimistic, how much of an image you're trying to put on. It's clear. Mm-hmm. Even the good ones aren't moving units like they used to. No. But they all want to sell you on the idea that they are. Yeah. And they, they, they talk about manifesting. They talk about visualizing. I can see these dudes at home with dream boards. God, I wish. I know. I, I, w- I would have so much more respect if some of them started to post things like, you know, let's get in contact. Let's get you prepared for the next cycle. They don't do that. Yeah. Um, think ahead. Think long term. They, they, don't, they do you not know? want to deny themselves the reality that they've curated. They, they want to give themselves this reality where we're always going to be good. It's gumdrops and lollipops. Let's yeah. push ahead. Let's push ahead. Let's push ahead. And so here, here's some more interesting stats that I think play right into this. Okay. So days on the market increased to 33 days. A year ago, it was 19 days for reference. God, you remember that? List, 19, on, list on a Thursday. 19 days, Tell bro. Tell everybody on the Thursday you listed, I'm accepting offers by Tuesday. Haven't even put the property in the market yet, but you know you're going to get flooded with offers and you have to cut it off by Tuesday. Isn't the earliest you can close is like 17 days? It depends on how long. In California? It depends on how long it takes you to get your appraisal and stuff like that. But yeah, generally yeah. speaking, 17, 21 is about there. Yeah. I mean, damn, bro. How was it 19 days before? You know, some there that had to be cash, of, cash oh, offers. A lot of cash right. buyers, yeah. So, uh, a lot of institutional money, too. Yeah. In- inventory, which means the number of houses that are on the market, three months right mm-hmm. now. I think we we know that a healthy market is somewhere between six. Five and six. Five and six months. Yeah. Okay. Cash sales have increased to 29%. It was 27% in December. Yeah. That's the only way things are going to not a whole Negligible lot. in my mind. Negligible. But this is the one that really stood out to me. First time home buyers made up 31%. That's mm-hmm. up from twenty seven percent. That's not a good sign, people. No, first time because that that's that's telling you that people who are not experienced with the market, maybe not in tune, they're just thinking about you know whatever they want or need. Maybe they're trying to you know fulfill that utility, but they're jumping in now just because they want the American dream, like we talked about. Man, two, I want the American dream too. Two episodes ago, but look, if first time home buyers are you know making up that much of the of the market share. And you know the savvy investors are starting to back out. That tells it's, you that tells you a lot. The problem is, is is that the savvy investors are not openly talking about their backing out. Mm-hmm. I would love for some really sophisticated people in real estate to say, "Hey, look, it doesn't make sense to buy deals right now." That's what I want to hear. But they're, they're not they're not out there saying that. They're just kind of quietly holding their chips and waiting. Mm-hmm. And I get you always look for opportunities and everything. So uh, Matt Hayes, who follows us both, right? And he has a consulting firm that deals with data. Yes. He sent me over something. I haven't had time to really dive into it the way I wanted to. But effectively, he showed he sent over some data showing that multifamily 
was now like a negative investment. Like it's not a good investment. You posted it actually. I did post it. And I love, I love what he's doing on the data side. So shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Go follow him on Instagram. Matthew Hayes. Great dude. Uh, And he has Matthew Hayes Consulting. Yes. So anyway, I would say that I saw this coming when the cap rate situation started. So I don't like capitalization rate as, as a true way to measure the value of an investment in multifamily real estate. It is very common because brokers use it but it leaves much in the way to be desired. Right. We talked about capital, capitalization rate before on the show. Cap rate, as they call it, is a way to compare like investments, whether it's real estate, whether it's the stock market. It doesn't work in my mind the way that it should. So I always tend to look at cash on cash return. Mm-hmm. But that being said, cap rates wound up being less than the rate that your lender was charging you at one point. Mm-hmm. In some states like California, you're getting like a 1%, 2% cap rate. But the lender was getting a 3.25% rate, mm-hmm. which meant that lender was making more money on that property by getting the interest on the loan that you're paying them than you were owning it, operating it, renting it out, and paying your mortgage. Man. So if your cap rate's a 1% and the mm-hmm. lender's making 3.5%, they're making 2.5% more than you on your property at the end of the day because that, that's how much more interest they're getting versus what you're making in profit. Right. And people were still trading these properties. Yeah. And you, you left you scratching your head going like, yo, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. How how are we at negative cap rates right now? I mean, right. it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And people kept dumping money in, dumping money in. Real estate only goes up. And that's where people like Dave Ramsey really, really screw with people. Mm-hmm. Real estate values are only going up every year for the next five years. No, dude. Yeah. And you're telling people to believe in the dream that doesn't work that way. Another another great example of this is those Airbnb properties. They're, they're starting to show up real vacant right now. And I'll tell you a reoccurring thing I hear from people. Mm-hmm. Reoccurring thing. And I know you and I disagree on this. If I'm gonna go stay at a place, do I do I really want to have to clean up after myself when I leave? Or would I rather pay the extra 40, 50 bucks and have like room service take care of everything when I leave? I understand yeah. if you go in a bigger family, you travel together, an Airbnb might be the way to go. And I think a lot of those will still do do unit move it units, but dep- it depends. It depends on location, right? But here's the thing though. We saw on that last retails report that retail sales grew in every single category yeah man cars furniture appliances travel restaurants electronics leisure hotels all that boom went up yep consumer discretionary spending hasn't pulled back and that's why i look at this stuff and i go okay jamie diamond smart guy yeah he said it before himself which again i don't understand why he did this this whole jim Cramer interview he said before himself the the consumer is in a world of hurt they're running out of savings and yet you're going to go on and say this now and i get why i think i understand why on some degree i think he's saying well shit these people keep spending Mm-hmm. and it's not slowing down and until that slows down the economy's got nowhere to go but i've got no reason to point to anything to say it's going to stop right because again the high debt payments mm-hmm. they're making them right now we're not seeing crazy high defaults yet exactly we're i mean student loans car loans credit card debt all this stuff is coming due man exactly you know we know that corporate profits and margins are were on the decline right in q4 last year yeah I think 80% of uh, what I read was 80% of the companies that report on the S&P 500 reported uh, their earnings. And on average, they reported like a, a 4.7% loss. Yeah, well, they were, and then they revised their earnings down for 2023 right. proactively before the year became what it is. And again, so really the stock market, all it is for a stock value price is a discounted cash flow mm-hmm. on earnings. Exactly. So what's going to happen after Q1, they show, you know, Poor earnings. Q2, they show poor earnings. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen then? 
Oh yeah, it, it's you know? gonna it's gonna be painful, and that's where Jamie Dimon himself has said there's still ten to twenty percent more to fall out in the market. Yet he goes on this show and gives a completely different perspective on the market. I simply do not get it. Maybe that's the the second half they haven't aired yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of quotes from this first one that I'm I just leaves me scratching my head, going like, "You you don't sound like the guy that we've heard like the last six months." Exactly. It almost what, it, what it, it almost sounds like he he's you know is trying to pull the brakes a little bit and maybe give him more of a a positive spin, but there was, I can't remember who it was because I want to give this guy credit, but he said, um, I was watching, I was watching his YouTube video and he said, you know, toxic positivity is worse than toxic masculinity. And this is all, all this optimism that's being thrown around is, is way worse. He's like everyone leading people on and making them think that everything's going to be okay. Gumdrops and lollipops. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to probably go farther on this than you expected. And I'm, I'm going to say some shit that's going to offend somebody. Oh. I, I apologize in advance, okay? No, you know what? That's a lie. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. I am so sick and tired of how fucking soft we have gotten with some of this just false optimism, mindset, stay positive, focus on your goals, don't let the negative in. Participation trophy shit. Yeah, like, that's what, this what is. the hell is wrong with us? Yeah. We've created, and you, everybody's seen the same video on social media. Kid from, you know, the, the 2008, I'm sorry, 1980s born kid bumps in a wall. Ah, whatever. Yeah. The next one bumps in a wall. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Third one bumps. It falls down. It's like, ah, I'm dying. All yeah. hit the same way. Yep. That's what we've done in society. I know it's supposed to be a joke, but mm-hmm. there's some truth into how soft we've made our next generation of kids. And I worry for my son, man. No, I know. It, 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 starts, it starts with us. And it starts with how you parent your kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was getting some looks. I don't know if I shared this story on the podcast before or not, but I was getting some looks with the way I was parenting Adam when I was teaching him how to ride a bike. For, it was the first time riding a bike. Oh, you did share the story. Yeah. I did. Remember? And he fell and he fell down the handlebars, hit his stomach. Poor guy. I felt bad. He's like, he started, he said it hurt. And Adam never complains. And he said he wanted to go home. And I said, no, you're not. Nope. Get back on. Dude, we're not, we're not doing this. This is life. Yeah, exactly. Get like, back on that bike. And, and I, I knew in that moment I had to make a quick decision. Where if I let the, if I let him go home, he's never going to come back and try this again, you know. And it all starts there. I mean, I don't know. It's not just that, man. Like you see some of these, and here's the problem. And and oh God, this is not even going to get political, but I'm just going to say like, there are some parts of woke culture that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. There are some parts of, of of what people are trying to do that I absolutely support, and I believe in equality and fairness and, and integrity and being ethical. Absolutely, right. But there are extremes in every culture which take things too far, right? And I think what we've done now is college campuses are really incubators for an extremism of woke culture. Yeah. Like, I don't think an extreme Republican is good. I don't think an extreme Democrat is good. Mm-hmm. I don't think an extreme conservative is good. I don't think an extreme liberal is good. That's the problem, though. The extremes on both sides on both sides are louder. The 10% on the left that are extreme, the 10% on the right that are extreme are way louder than the 80% right there in the middle. So we have these woke culture incubators in the form of colleges now that are really, I mean, I hate to say this, it's like a form of extremism now in in schools. There's certain people who buy in and adopt so deeply into this. They get into corporate America, and now corporate America is getting more and more woke to accommodate the next level of working class. And this is their normal behavior, so Mm -hmm. you've got to be mindful and respectful of it and i'm not talking about any one topic per se it's just like 
it's so hard just to have a conversation with some people now. Dude, I have friends. I have friends that w- when we get together and we try to have like an in-depth conversation about any a number of these topics, some of them feel uncomfortable having these conversations because they're afraid of not knowing what what is acceptable to say yeah. and what is not acceptable to say. And I'm like, listen, man, it shouldn't be if you're trying to learn about a topic and you, you just, should be able to speak about the topic. I mean, isn't that the whole reason why you know, college first came about is to to learn. Now people are, are going, being too afraid to discuss, you know, all these relevant topics because they're afraid to offend one, two, three, four people where I'm sure half the room is in the same position as them. You know, I I so badly, when, when I see somebody who uses different pronouns, I so badly want to have a conversation with them about the proper etiquette because here's the thing is I, I legitimately don't know how to use words that are plural with non-plural settings in some cases. So like yeah. when you write an email. So I, I legitimately want to ask somebody like, look, I respect what you're doing here. Like I'm all good. Yeah. But help me understand grammatically how I'm supposed to, to write some. When I say they are coming, do I mean like multiple people? Do I mean just you? Like right. I want to understand like the proper. And this is the part about society that sucks is like sometimes society has changed and evolved. Mm-hmm. And the narrative that we're now evolving into hasn't caught up from a grammatical standpoint. So a lot of these words that we've now used so commonly placed, like Google is now a word, right? Yeah. We've now put that in our in our lexicon. Right. But the way we speak is different. Mm-hmm. The way we do things is different. I learned when you had a period, you had two spaces in your next capital letter in a sentence. Well, now it's one space afterward. Yeah. I learned, you know, semicolon, however, comma, the rest of it. And some of these rules have changed. Exactly. And now here we are with different pronouns and different. It's hard. Diff- to, it's hard to keep up. And the the stuff that upsets me about it all is, look, if I make an assumption about a topic, mm-hmm. right? And let's just say, for instance, this hasn't happened to me because I think my inner circle is too small. I'm not an executive at a company, so I'm not you know exposed to as much as you are. And my inner circles kind of stay the same. I don't really branch out that much, but I know of, of people that are like this. And if you just assume, like, you just said, call this person he, right? And I'm wrong and you identify differently, just tell me. It was an assumption. I didn't, it wasn't done with, you know, yeah. the worst intent. You know what I mean? I mean, 99% of the time I'm right. <laughs> when, I, when I say that, I'm yeah. right most yeah. of the time. I get it. So just correct me and be like, oh, my bad. Let's, let's move on though. Let's not make, Whatever I'm about to say about this. I, so this is one of the biggest challenges with being visible in the job that I'm in. Yeah. I, I know that everything I do, and th- this, this constantly comes up in one form or another every year after year. It's that, so to, to, by way of backstory, I, I made, and I think this is a good advice for everybody. I made the conscious decision about five years ago, and you were there when I started doing this that I wanted to own the digital real estate that was my name. Yeah, yeah. And I, I intentionally and very thoughtfully decided on and formulated a plan. And, I, you know, some, in the beginning when you do something new that you haven't done, like get into to the internet and social media, you do things wrong. And I did a lot of things wrong. Certainly things I would go back and change now. But the intention was always to own my digital presence. Yeah. That's a world where anytime you meet anybody, they're going to Google you and find out who you are. Yeah. I figured if they're going to do that, let's give them the narrative that I want them to have. Yeah, be in control of your own narrative. I'm going to be in control of that story. Yeah. I mean, your living business card is no longer your LinkedIn or your social media. Mm-hmm. People don't just stop at looking at one of these things. They look at all of these things. 
So let's give them the narrative that they, that they want to have. And we should all try to own our notoriety to some degree. Right. I'm one of the people who like, I like the idea of, of me talking to real people on social media and everybody owning their blue check marks. Yeah. But I don't think people understand the value in a blue check marks is really just, this is the person that this profile allegedly represents. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't confuse that with somebody else. That's the value in that. So I don't care if you got a blue check mark or not. I care if I'm really talking to a human and that's who the human is. But we all know matches. that's not what, that's not, even though they want to portray that to mean that, that's not what it's, that's not what it's being it's used for. That's not what it's used for. But here's the part that blows me away is a lot of those same people who have it because they want to slide into a girl's DM or something like that. Why aren't you spending just as much time trying to own your digital real estate on Google? Yeah. Like you should be going after this stuff. You should be trying to own this narrative, and yet people don't. And the worst part about it is, is now that's weaponized against me. Really? 100% all the time. How so? I, I mean, from lawsuit accusations to, oh. to the, even the podcast can be weaponized against me. You can take anything that we say here out of context, mm -hmm. use it in a short clip, and say that I'm a bad person. I know. I've seen, the, I've seen those before, where they, they, they'll take a clip have it try to represent something and then you listen to the full clip and you're like oh wow that's ass backwards yeah and that, that's i mean I, and I, that's totally like a, a real thing mm -hmm. but i will say for everybody who listens to the show if you're striving to be somebody in this world you should own that digital real estate and i think the ideas of a lawyer who's like oh i don't have social media or i have this private account okay fine that, that's fine but mm -hmm. do you really use social media to for your friends to see updates for you because I don't think most people use social media that way anymore. No. So we should all have public accounts. Mm -hmm. But if you're, do, if you're doing it because, oh, my firm won't allow us to do it. We have a social media policy. We have all this. We have all that. I would say don't post anything that violates your company's social media policy. Yeah. Easy. Ever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If your company's social media policy says you shouldn't be drinking and smoking weed, um, you don't post that. Yeah, easy. Anywhere. <laughs> right. You know, like that shouldn't be, even on a private account, somebody can still get access to your private account. Right. So I look at some of the things that we're doing, and I'm like, this this doesn't make any, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and that's also a lot of the reason why I think you don't see a, lot, a ton of lawyers on social media. You're seeing more now than ever, but think about how much educational content can come out from an attorney who wants to speak on on the law. I know like Law by Mike, that guy. Mm -hmm. He's all over TikTok. He's all over what is he, Instagram. What is he, I don't know him. He's an attorney who who gives you like tips, and it started off with like, if you get pulled over by the officers, and like, this situation happens, this is what you can do, and you know these are the laws, and these are the other tricks, and oh, and it's kind of expanded from there into different different kind of like if you get pulled over, if you get arrested, or right. if your house gets raided. I mean, all sorts of scenarios. Yeah, and he's built an entire huge multi million following right. on TikTok, and I think Instagram's getting up there for him too. Done like collaborative partnerships and. Wow. And, you know, it's been pretty big for him. And that's a huge source of revenue for his business. But he's also providing a free ton of information. Yeah. A real value. Real value. Yeah. And people love it. They eat that shit up. Now he's got one in Spanish. Mm -hmm. He's got, like, different channels by different languages. I mean, the guy's figured it out. Mm -hmm. Because the, ben the benefit is now you've gained the trust of, of all these people. All because you're giving free educational content. But most lawyers that I know and big firms that go the traditional path, yeah, they would never in a million years yeah, you got to pay that. for my time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay for my time. I'm not going to do this. I don't want this image. I'm, like, I'm supposed to be a professional. What's a professional anymore? Yeah, dude? What, yeah exactly. Please define. What does that look like? Yeah. Am I a professional because I wear a suit every day? Right. Or am I a professional because I do something with integrity and try to help people? Right. And I've been doing it for time and I have the experience under my belt. Yeah. 100%.
And I, I think there's a big disconnect there. But I'll just get back to the Market Watch article because you can't keep anything on topic. Yeah, this is all my fault now. All your fault. So Dave Ramsey finished up when he was saying about the, the financial crisis. The housing market has been declining as rising mortgage rates have hurt demand. Really? <laughs> you don't bit? say. Because <laughs> they can't afford it anymore? Yeah. The hardest hit area was, because you know from the last episode, San Francisco, which saw the total value of homes in December fall by $37.3 billion, or 6.7% from a year ago to $515.5 billion. Yikes. Yeah. I'll take a billion. <laughs> While Miami saw the value of its homes surge by $77 billion, or 19.7% in December to $468.5 billion. Miami, Florida in general, there's so much construction going. Every time I go there, it blows me away at how much is happening there. I think it's their their tax basis and the exodus from other places like California. Yeah. But I I I worry that they're they're too hot there. I've always heard that there wasn't enough room left there to build. There's a lot of towers, but if you go outside of Miami, mm -hmm. if if you literally go like if you drive from Miami, which I've done many times, Miami to like Naples or Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. And you get to the outskirts of town, they're building massive multifamily complexes. There's there's plenty of room. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of swamp land in between, obviously, but you know, you drive across. But these multifamily projects that are that are being built, these were all underway before the shit hit the fan, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been on they're, they're, these this, are like two, three year projects. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. big projects. Yeah, these aren't new builds. No. Oh no, they're, they're no, like where they're just breaking ground. No, 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 none of that. Yeah, yeah. Not a, there's not a whole lot of that out at all right now. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked to hear anybody's really steeped in construction at this point in time. I know, which is another reason why that jobs report that came out, I think construction it, it showed like 25,000 jobs in construction. We were, we were both blown away. Like, like where? where? Yeah. How? Who, who? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. Those numbers, in my opinion, I want to do maybe some more research on that because I feel like those numbers have to be skewed somehow. That does they're not, lacking that does not make sense. They're, they're, they're lacking, I think, about six months, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. I think that's what that is, but well, we can get into it. This is a quote from the article. The housing market has shed some of its value, but most homeowners will still reap big rewards from the pandemic housing boom, said Redfin economist research lead Chen Zhao. The total value of U.S. homes remained roughly $13 trillion higher than it was in February of 2020, mm -hmm. the month before the coronavirus was declared a pandemic. Redfin's stock has soared 72.3% over the past three months, but has still tumbled 64.8%. Over the past 12 months, in comparison, the S&P has slipped 0.2% the past three months and declined 7.1% the past year. That's a lot. So I, I think the aggregate picture here is, this was the article that the guy on social media told me, accused me of not reading all the way through. And <laughs> So that's why you read it all the way through? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to point out, again, so you see this where, it's still up from, you know, the pandemic era boom is kind of what they're referring to. We talk about this all the time. We do it in the context of like it, some areas were up 45%. Right. Exactly. Okay, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of where the market is moving. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I like people blow me away. Like they're, they're trying to like frame this optimism because it helps them live in their world. You're being counterproductive to your clients. You're being counterproductive to you and you're being counterproductive, pushing this narrative on social media. Nobody buys that shit. Okay. The market is down. Right. Accept it. Mm -hmm. unless you're jim kramer <laughs> yeah i just wish more more of these people would play the long game and not sell this optimism because you would it would serve them better as far as like a career path right you're taking on this journey of being a realtor right as this is your career 
So I don't like this. I, I hate this a lot. I hate how people are like, I'm a realtor. This is what I do. No, you are in real estate. Being a realtor is an association you belong to. It's a yes. trade association. Right. You should be doing everything. Leasing homes, selling homes, all that, buying homes and renting them out, flipping homes if you can. Yes. And if you don't have any money and you're starting off as a realtor and that's just a way of building income, great. Mm-hmm. Thatch Nguyen says this all the time. He's on social media and, and he's started off as a realtor and he's made an incredible life for himself. You know, got all the cars and all the luxury stuff that people could, could want, but he's a big influencer now on social media in addition to that, right? Mm-hmm. But he's always been about this. He's like, look, if you start off as realtors, you need to move on and evolve. Yes. If you stay there, you will never truly be wealthy. And I agree right. with that. That's true. There's like 1% of 1% of 1% of realtors who really crush it and make a killing doing that. And they usually own real estate firms. Mm-hmm. And they're really running a business, not necessarily a realtor per se. Yes. Yes. That does make sense. So you got a couple articles left here. You want to go straight to Amex or you want to talk about office landlords? No, I'll go straight into Amex. We'll leave office landlords for another time. You get so bitter when we do that. Last time you're like, this is an article I had three shows ago, but I just brought no, it up now. No, no, no. <laughs> BlackRock. <laughs> no, no. Let's go on to the, you sure? the MX. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you getting pouty in the next show, man. We'll no be pouty. back. No, no, just, no. And I don't want you getting all upset and shit. Empty <laughs> chair. Well, it feels a little lonely in here, it, right? It, yeah. I, I, I wonder if the listeners miss his like laugh in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the deep, the deep breathing. And he's always got his feet up facing us. <sighs> yeah. That's him. That's not Darth Vader, people. That's the intern. We got it. We got it. We got to figure out a way to get my man to lose a little weight, though. Yeah. Oh, me too. Don't do this not, on the not show. Not just him. Me too. <laughs> me too. Both of us. Hey, I mean, well, me too. You've been looking leaner recently. It's pissing me off. Oh. But uh, he and I, he and I got, we got to get our weights in check. I've been doing, I've been, yeah. You I've, and, I've you been, and P35X? <laughs> P35X. What was it? What was the actual program? What was it? P90X. P90X yeah. P- P35X. Hitting that uh, one know, third of the program. You no, know we do. Ba- based on our listeners, we should probably all jump on a uh, MAPS anabolic program and track it for the listeners. MAPS anabolic program. Wow. It's only three days a week. No, I know. I That's just... all you need. That's something you need. You know, and they just released a new program, apparently. Uh, yeah, that, that that's like Anabolic Pro or something. Advanced like, or something. Advanced I think it really With high. Sal on the cover looking all ripped and shit. Bro, God, come on, get out of here. I mean, how that. every how I wanted to look like my whole life. God yeah, damn. like, no. I'm not. And then there's videos of him working out showing you. Bro, that was a terrible idea. Yeah, I know. Talk about the world's like worst demotivational. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's jacked. She looks like a human action figure. Yeah. And he's smart, too, which just pisses you off to no end, just right? Just everything. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll just go fuck myself, Sal. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. never going to look that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'll ever come on the show. You think he'll come on the show? On this show? Yeah. If he's listening right now, we're inviting you on the show. Yeah, he's more than welcome <laughs> to come on the show. But here's the thing: is I, I got to have Adam in the room with me. Yeah, he's got to keep his shirt on. Yeah, no shirt. Yeah, shirt's got. Yeah, shirt's got to stay yeah, this on. This is this is. I have self esteem issues. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would do if I were you. <laughs> no, but yeah. What if we all did a maps anabolic program? That'd be kind of cool. I would do a maps anabolic program. I just I can't tell Adam until after we're done with it because I don't want him knowing that he's telling me what to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, that. I will never live that down. That and he'd be if he sees you, he's like, "You're doing maps anabolic, bro. You shouldn't be looking like yeah. that." How much? How much testosterone are you on? <laughs> he's like, "Wait, hmm. what are you? Are you on week one or two? Yeah, <laughs> clearly you're not doing enough testosterone, there, chief. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like my old, my old coach used to say when my testosterone was low, yeah, I know you're cheating. <laughs> I'm not cheating, dude. I'm eating healthy. No, you're not. Yeah, you can't be. And then he posts stuff that's like, cryptic on social media. Like, don't you hate it when guys check in and they're cheating? And they lie to you about it. I'm yeah. like, bro, he's call, he's calling like, you why, out. why are you suddenly calling me out? He's calling you it out. It wasn't about you. Right. American Express airport lounges cut back on the free plus ones. I will honestly say 
I saw this article like two weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm not going to let him bait me into this shit. Nope. Why? Why? Because, man, I know you're going to come up on this like, you're, you're a big guy, you got to carry your black card thing. Yeah, come on, man. So does this apply to you? You got a black card. This is so, I know, not just black cards get into this, right? Platinum too? Black and platinum, yeah. They get in. So pl- probably these lounges platinum, are so packed, dude. So people with platinum cards, they they get your plus one got to go, but the black cards, they get to keep theirs. So, God, see, you're baiting me. I know this is I know this, this is a setup. Like I don't want to do this. I, how come? I, listen, we need to. What we need to do is we need to be those uh, jerk offs that buy the nosebleed Laker tickets. And I really want to do that. I I really want to do that, and I want to go to the Centur- Express Lounge, the Centurion yeah. Lounge, yeah. yeah, and go see what's up. That's the part I don't get. So originally, the Centurion Lounge was just for black card holders, and it was like over the top service. Like you'd walk in, you get a glass of champagne, they have like little gifts things in there and stuff like that, and then. They opened it up to, you know, Gen Pop, and then everybody started rushing in. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't help yourself. Yeah, you couldn't help yourself. But, they, I mean, I first started going there when I had a platinum card, and I can tell you that from when I started going there till now, they are palpably more crowded. And when you think about it in the context of what we talked about in the previous shows, that American Express has grown from $200 billion a year to $400 billion a year. Yeah. They've doubled. Right. And they actually increased the fee during the pandemic of the platinum card. And they got more people using it, not less. So now they're making more money, right? You're literally making double what they're people are mm-hmm. spending double what they were on on them, and they are the largest credit card company in the you world. You think there's, now. there's there's a bunch of places too that don't even take American Express. See, I think that narrative is also wrong now. The, the people who don't take American Express is because American Express charges an extra percent for the the people the vendor. Right, charges the vendor versus the client. One more extra right. percent versus yeah. the client. So people are trying to save one percent. Yeah. Those are largely going away. Some municipalities and cities and people like that generally don't. Hmm. But it's usually they're like really like low margin businesses and they're trying not to pay the extra one percent American. Exactly. Express. Yeah. That being said, there are more American Express is clearly the biggest credit card company in the world. Right. It's, the Visa Mastercard I don't think competes with them at this point. Yeah. Because more than anything else, American Express is an unbelievable marketing company. Yes. Someone's gonna fact check me on the credit card thing. I think that's true. I'm not 100 sure, but um, which one's the biggest? But I think I'm pretty sure it's American Express. Okay. But what is it? What is it even like inside one of these lounges? You've been in one of them. I've on. never been inside one of these lounges. I haven't even been into a, like one of those lounges at the airport. Oh, okay. Um, Where like you get because I'm never getting there that early. I'm always like, I'm always getting there like maybe an hour right before. Always sweating it. I was in one today, and it was. I walked out. It was so crowded. <laughs> really? Yeah. So. Um, so like the the bigger ones are nights nice. like so like um the one in Dallas is dope, it's it's a really big one. I'm just ex- I'm just ex- um imagining like a seating area, you have access to some food and some drinks. Yeah, they have like basically like a little buffet thing that's that's like free, mm-hmm. or you just go pick what you want. Um, they have a bar you can get drinks right free, beer whatever free. Think, so and there's places th- to sit. Some of them have showers. Some of them have like quiet rooms. That's like a big room that everybody's supposed to be quiet in. Mm. Some of them have like private meeting rooms and stuff like that in them, but the one in Dallas is is pretty cool. There's there's been a couple of them internationally that have been pretty cool, but everyone I've been to has been super crowded. And what I'll tell you is when you walk in with a black card, in the la- I think I told you the last one that I went to, they actually had like a roped off area for like the black card user, and they give you they have a separate menu oh for my, you. Oh my god! So you can get chef like private chef made meals while you're there. If you didn't feel elite enough, please step behind the rope. But that, so I won't do that. So I won't go into like the, the Centurion Lounge. That seems that seems a bit much. Because I don't be like, they literally rope off a set. I mean, mind you, this place is packed, right? Seating room only. There's people like all over the place and it, it's jam packed. And then they'll literally rope off a section for you and then hand you a private menu with private, like, I mean, everything is just weird. 
That's, and you're like, yeah. That's so, uncomfortable. Isn't is it not uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. So last time I was there, and I didn't even know this was like offered, the girl at the front was like, oh, you're, you're a Centurion member. She's like, would you like me to walk you back? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I've been there like a thousand times. She's never offered to walk me back before. Yeah. She's like, oh, it, it, I was going to walk you back and take you to the private. I'm like, no, no I'll just I'll just go back to things. Right. But it, it's weird. Like, you pay for the perks, right? Like, that's what yeah. you're paying for. Like, you right. pay for better treatment. But at the same time, it's not like... I don't know. And there's some other there's some other airports I've been to, like the one there's a lounge in New York, which is actually pretty dope and it can be very, very crowded or it can be nobody in there. Yeah. But you know, it's the same thing everywhere you go. What is it? What is it about that that you feel like makes it uncomfortable? Because I feel like even if I were in that position, it would feel really uncomfortable for me and I would never accept it. Because it, it's it's the visual that's the problem. Yeah. If you like I'm all good paying for like luxury service, but yeah. I'm not paying it so somebody sees me use it. I'm not paying it. So, like, to rub it in somebody else's face or to right. be like an elitist about it. Right. I'm paying it because I want my life to be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? But if I'm going to some place and I'm sitting down and have a private menu and I'm roping off space for other people. Right. Like, I'm now an elitist. It's, it's like, in it, my mind, it's, it's, like a, it's like going to a club and getting, like, bottle service. It's like, oh, ooh, they're in bottle service. Ooh, they're Yeah, important. yeah. No, I'm it's just like, getting I've the, never I'm, liked that shit. I'm just getting the table so I have room to stand and move and not get bumped around by people. Right. But at the same time, like, in an airport lounge, I'm like, look, if I can get a table, yeah. then it's cool. Yeah, I know. It's the same reason, like, like, years ago, an uncle of mine had gifted me a Rolex as a gift. Right? Really? A very wealthy, a very wealthy uncle, right? Never wore it. Because it just makes me feel uncomfortable wearing it. It's not, it's, what am I trying to portray myself to be? I know what that, I know what that watch represents. And I'm way happier to wear my Apple watch. I don't have any high-end watches anymore. I kept, well, I kept one, uh, Vintage Omega. But, you know, I still, I still love looking at them. Yeah. You know? And I do. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I, here, that's the sad part, is I would, I would enjoy looking at it, wearing it, and, and so forth. But I know what it represents, and I know what it portrays. And I don't, even, want to per, I don't want to portray myself to be a certain kind of way. It's not even that for me. It's just I like the functions of the Apple Watch. I, I, yeah. I know guys who wear like an Apple Watch on one wrist and a regular watch on the other wrist. And I'm just like, don't be that guy. Like, that's, just, that's, just accept you like the Apple Watch, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's weird, bro. Like you don't have to flex like that. And you I, think that's a flex? Dude, the guy sitting there. I told you the story about the guy in the plane or before oh, we got on the show. That was wild. So, I, okay. I flew back before the show tonight. I flew back from uh, Sacramento. And uh, right before I got on the plane, a, a friend of my wife, mm-hmm. uh, Tara, was there. And she like, sent me a message. She's like, I think I'm doing right. And I'm like, oh, my God. Did she leave us an honest five-star review? I have not asked. Yeah. I didn't want to pimp it out in the middle of an airport. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> you should put have. your phones down. That's some guerrilla marketing. And leave it, yeah. I should do that. Should. We need, we need <laughs> That's what reviews. we need to do. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All y'all need to subscribe. And yeah. no one's no. getting on this plane. No, you know what we need? We can't, we can't do that. We need to pay a white guy to go out there and do it. We can't do that. Can't do that. Well, bad, like, bad news for me. I get pulled over every single time I go to the airport, which is, I'm like, damn, man, I didn't do nothing. Man, I got to tell you, I've got bad airport security check history. Yeah. I'm subscribed to everything you can now to get it done in advance. I'm like clear. I'm TSA pre-check. I'm all, all that. that. Yeah, all I, that, yeah. I do not play. I'm like, look, yeah. I'm going in my hands up in the air. Like, it's all good. I got no problem. Check and I travel light, dude. I usually travel with just a backpack. That's yeah. it. And they're like, you're going where for three days? That's all you're taking? I'm like, yeah. And they go, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's awkward. <laughs> But, uh, so this dude hears us talking about some stuff that I'm dealing with and, you know, some of the kind of logistics of what's going on career-wise. She asked what was going on at work. Yeah. And I kind of gave her, like, some high-level stuff. And, you know, I know most people don't really understand, like, the business, at least the, the complex stuff. I know. So, you know, I tell her, and she's, she's asking about my wife. And she happened to see us at, like, the private terminal and some other stuff. And she was asking about some experiences my wife and I had. And 
And I'm like, yeah, we should all go to dinner, check out, blah, blah. But I was reading an email from from one of my attorneys, and I was very happy about some of the stuff that it, that it developed that he was working on. And you know, he's he's a good friend of mine too. So I was like, great, that's great. Yeah. So she walks on in the plane, and she makes and we made another comment. We're talking, and this guy for some reason I don't know why. He, so he sits down next to me. This is this is not a full flight. He could have sat anywhere. Mm-hmm. Chooses to sit down next to me in the middle, and I'm in the front seat in Southwest, right? <laughs> and there's two seats over. There's somebody else. So he sits right in the middle. I'm like, okay. It's like it's like peeing in a urinal, like in an open bathroom, and the guy comes stands right next to you. Like, what are you? Dude, yeah, go sit it, somewhere it's, else. It's just it's these are social norms. Yeah, okay? exactly. And he was dressed really well, had some nice Air Force Ones on. I said, "Hey, nice shoes, man." Like I was complimentary. As soon as he sat down, like I, I'm like, I'm showing you my soft underbelly, so we don't get into it, right? <laughs> like I'm just trying to show you, like I'm a kitten, bro. Yeah, just let me purr. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he has a hundred forty thousand dollar AP Gold. I know it. I know the model and all that. And I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful watch. I didn't say anything to him, but I looked at him like, oh, he's got a nice watch. Yeah, and I could just. But I could he, just but tell. He wanted you. He wanted you to say something. He right? wanted me, so he kept he kept using his left hand with with the watches on it, right? <laughs> and I, of course, like I, the first time I noticed, or whatever she makes a comment to me, and I, I it's a little fuzzy at this point because it's just been a long day. But he basically made some comment like, "You need to slow down, man," with all that talk. Yeah. And I looked at him and I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" Yeah. And he's like, "It's not like you're on you know private jets and black cars." Oh no. And I thought to myself, like, I could be the better person right now and just ignore him and move on. Or I could just be the douche who pulls out his black card and says, well, at least we're not on a private plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So which, I did, which would you choose? I, I, I did that. Yeah, you did the latter. <laughs> I pulled right? the black card out. Yeah, yeah. And it was such an awkward flight. He didn't say another word to me afterward. Right. He put his AirPods in. So I what, do you think, what do you think in. you do to draw that type of negative attention? Me? Yeah. I feel like this happens to you more so than the average person. No, that's never happened before. Come on, man. People like, I think, to, people like to like pick fights with you. That that's true. My wife has noticed this. What my, do you my do? wife has noticed. My wife has noticed that my wife my wife my wife's prevailing theory is that I'm tall, and I got a deep voice. Yeah. And when I walk into a room, she's like, "You have like there's a presence there," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's called fat. <laughs> like that. It's it's called yeah. thickness. Yeah, it's called density. Right? Like yeah, I'm I'm just I have an orbit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you get sucked into it, right, you're gonna spin around me a little bit. Right. Exactly. But it's true. Like I, I think I think when I walk in places, people and I, I as a kid, I I just thought it was because i was tall mm. and i think that still has a lot to do with it mm. like you know as a tall person like, i don't recognize how tall i am relative to everybody else right like for me i'm just me yeah like i understand like me getting on planes is different because i'm you know whatever but yeah but I, visibly like i get i get these looks and i think with him i think he had interest in, in my wife's friend mm. and i think he was like sitting close and heard our conversation in proximity before and then when yeah. we got on the plane i think a little bit a little bit of jealousy there. i think i don't know what it was man it was very awkward very yeah. very awkward this kind of stuff happens to me a lot I, I get I get like such hate, man. Even former friends do it all the time. You know what you need to start doing? Mm. Sit in the back of the plane. I, I don't like sitting in the back. I like like being able to get off the plane quick. Really? Yeah, I hate nothing. Nothing pisses me off more than being in the back of a plane and watching people move out as slowly as fucking humanly possible. Yeah. And you're just like, God, get off the plane. And you I say, average. So what I do is I just average time out because like when they were loading the plane, I got to stand up freely outside while. Jerk off like you go inside and sit down first. I'm no, like, no, no, no. I'm relaxing. I'm good. I'm standing outside. It's fine. I got no. I got no luggage. To... Yeah, because that's 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 when you're sitting in a space <laughs> with the same amount of seat as, as the guy in front of you who sat down. Yeah. But when I got more seat than you, I'm comfortable, bro. <laughs> you need my more feet up. You need more seats. I'm ordering my that's second cocktail. Maybe, by the time maybe, the maybe plane. if you force yourself to sit in the back, you would lose some weight. Because this is you Southwest, would... <laughs> man. Trust me. You sit in the back, you might not make it. <laughs> You, you come back there, you're in the back in the Southwest, you get a CC, and you're like, fuck, I'm never going to be able to put my back on Nothing pisses me off more when I'm getting on a, on a flight, you land, 
and people just stand up and they they like have their head like tilted over to the side because they're they're hitting the the luggage up top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why'd you stand up? I do it all the time. God, you, why? My, my legs cramp, dude. What are you? I can't do it. My, my whole my legs go numb. My whole body's like going like it's like twitching out and shit. You like can't, I can't do it. I you, gotta stand. When you stand up during the flight, walk around. And I'll be honest, this is TMI. I'm gonna share with you. Don't do this. This is a routine problem. Is I gotta pee so bad because Always. I drink water when I fly. I know how bad that that air is, and I just try to really, really hydrate. Yeah. So I usually have to pee so bad. I usually have got like this is the worst part for me about returning to the office. What is pee? Le- yes, leaving the house, and I make sure to leave go before I leave the house. Coming into the office, by the time I get to the office, I'm ready to explode. I'm like, I need to use the bathroom. Nobody talk to me. Get out of my way. I have to go. And it's like, it's all, and you know what I think about you the entire time. I'm like, what? Why, why me? Yeah, you forced me to come back. This is your fault. Wow. Yeah, pub, that, that, public yeah, enemy. Every, every episode. Yeah, yeah, public enemy number one. Every episode, you got to just drop some negativity. You know what? A little bit. I like seeing your sexy face you, every day. No, you don't. You lie, usually, that's I, a lie. That, you're, at, you're in Auburn. You weren't, you weren't there. I was doing a little road show. <laughs> a little road show. I came back to see you on Friday. Yeah. And you're not going to be in. Yeah. I mm. think I didn't know about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> shifty <laughs> well it's been a long week for me it's been a normal week for you back in the office <laughs> yeah no it's 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 been it's been interesting it's been what well, i was telling you this before the show the interesting part was so before the before the pandemic i used to come home and the kids would get really excited to see me after don't put this day. on me right now on the show yeah, come on yeah. man <laughs> they would miss me all day all day and then I come home, I'll see them for about a half hour to an hour. And then they get excited. Then during the pandemic, they start, they uh, stop giving a shit about dad. Like, man, I see this that, guy. I see this guy every true. day. That's not I true. see this guy every day. So now, now that I'm back in the office, I saw them today for about a half hour again. And they got super excited to see me. That, that did feel kind of good. You only saw him for a half hour today? Half hour. I saw my son for about an hour last two days. I win. Yeah. Bro, I'm getting videos from my wife of him in swim class, and he loves it. Like he's he's never been in something like this before. Like, Bro, take, how we, expensive is swim class? I don't even know. I don't want to ask my wife. She, actually, you know at, what? It's she, honest she, to God, it's out of this world. It's why aren't we doing this? She, she I did ask my wife. I, that's a lie. I remember before I left, I asked her. I'm like, hey, just out of morbid curiosity, how much do we pay? Yeah. She was like, I think we paid eleven hundred dollars. I'm like, what? Eleven for what? For how long? It was like twenty classes or something. Twenty classes. Yeah, that I wonder if that shakes out. So this. One of uh, Adam's classmates, the mom was like, hey, you want to enroll uh, your son and your daughter into the swim class at the house? We have a pool down. So we have a pool at our house too. Would they come over? Oh, we should just do like a group session. It'll be cheaper. I'm like, okay, cheaper. Okay, I'm down. always down for cheaper. How much? Like uh, $180 a week per kid. A hundred and, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me? Does it come with free cocaine? And this, like, this, this is the best part. This is the best part. She has, a, she has, she has an older son that's gone through it. Okay. She's like, I, I, I'm happy to say now after three years, he's he's a safe swimmer. I'm like, three, three years? Three years? He better be an Olympic swimmer. What are we? What, wow. What what are we doing here? $180 per week? Well, I'll spend whatever, man. My son's having a great time. No, and but listen. The check pool's this. heated to 90 degrees for my son. I'm like, I want to go swimming in that pool. But but hold on. Check this out. At that age, they can only do 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. So I'm paying $180 for what? 15 minutes? This well, is, multiple times a week, right? Or is it per session? Bro, this is better than a t- than attorney rates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. It, look, I I asked my wife. Like, I was morbidly curious. It, it's fear, it's difficult, man. Like, fear sells, man. You you work hard. It does sell. I, this is the, it, 
you don't want you to, my kid loves the water man i, I, know. I just don't want to know. mess around and find out but this is the crazy thing man like, so you work hard so your family can have these things mm-hmm. and i want to give it to them but it's hard for me to think i grew up not having these things i know like, i didn't have all this yeah you know and I'm, I'm i'm looking at i'm going like what am i doing to my kid like yeah. I'm, I'm literally giving him the world like, right. he doesn't have to think about any of this he's never had to make a choice like do i get this or do i have to wait i mean he's four but whatever but it's just it's tough yeah. man yeah yeah that's what you should I wonder start, if i'm doing more damage you should start experimenting that with that i don't know whatever age he starts to understand like the concept of like how much things cost we used to give adam like okay you've earned yourself a toy when we go to target because there's no more toys R us which i, I do that with you all the time I'm, I'm you, just, really, you just I'm, don't realize i'm doing it I'm really, I'm really sad about it oh you went to the office here's a red bull <laughs> Sugar free, baby. Sugar free. I got you. <laughs> you look, you look baby like you're can, baby can though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I gave. I was like, here you get you get twenty five dollars to spend on a toy. Go figure it out. But he'll come back and be like, oh, but I really want this. Not twenty five dollars, son. Go find something else. When you were a kid, and your parents give you like five dollars, and you're like, oh my god, I'm rich. Oh my god. Now five dollars, bro. You can't even buy half a meal, bro. But they used to take me to the dollar store. I used to legitimately get happy when I got a toy and a half a meal. Oh, I know. Now nowadays, the kids get these toys and the Happy Meals are like, what the hell is this? this is cardboard bluey? What? Yeah, and speaking of which, I didn't even know this, by oh, the way. That's not good. A couple of weeks ago, I went I went in to get them a Happy Meal, right? You mean get yourself one? <laughs> no, I don't. Come eat, on, bro. Come on, man. I don't eat that shit. In and, <laughs> yeah, out, in and out only, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I go, I, I didn't know this. I swear to God. I go, um, so I have a boy and a girl. Can you make sure there's a boy toy and a girl toy? You know? Because back in the day, that's what it was. No, don't do that anymore, no. I, that, that person made me feel like the biggest piece of shit. We only have one toy, sir. I'm like, oh, my bad. I didn't know. I'm sorry. There's so much that's wrong with this conversation. So- <laughs> First of all, I don't believe you didn't know. I swear to God, I didn't I know. Don't, I don't believe that you don't go to McDonald's frequently. No, no, no. I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss something. But we're going to end the show on this. Because mm-hmm. I want this to really drive home. My kids love like the Trader Joe's like frozen food if they ever want like, a cheat meal. Like, that's what they get. I have, when things got really stressful in the office, like, <laughs> last couple months, mm. I'd come home, I you know, I'd spend, maybe if I'm lucky, an hour with my wife and son, come to the show, mm-hmm. and I'm working all this extra time, and I got people, you know, coming at me, and, and, and you know, things are complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got really stressed one morning, and I had, like, an extra 30 minutes before I had to be in the office, which is rare. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to McDonald's. No, he didn't. McDonald's breakfast? Yeah. Come on, man. And I didn't order a hash brown, but they gave me one anyway. What'd you get? I ordered uh, an egg muffin, but I had to put extra egg on it because I, I thought it justified more protein. I, first of all, the egg muffin itself is like four bucks. <laughs> the, the extra egg is like three dollars. <laughs> so crazy. I was like, what? It's frozen. Just put another one in the microwave. I'm the only person who orders like a $10 egg muffin, right? <laughs> yeah. The lady was so confused. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay yeah and i got at the front and she was like looking at me like who's the idiot and i was like me yeah and then uh i, I told her i didn't want the combo she gave me a combo anyway oh my god because she knows i just paid ten dollars i just got extorted for an egg muffin right yeah and then i'm driving the car and i'm looking in the bag and i'm going like well you gotta eat it while you're driving yeah yeah it's cold and, and i stick my hand in the bag and i feel it i feel the hash brown and i'm like shit so much greatness and i'm like i mean i i can't not eat it right <laughs> So I, can't I, believe, I can't believe you did this. So I eat it, right? And I eat the egg and muffin. 
It was incredible. What? It was so good. <laughs> you didn't dude. feel depressed it, after? I felt so fat after, but it was so. Isn't it crazy? It's every it, every with every bite, you start to feel worse and worse. It was like the emotional surge of like joy, with an immediate crash of fat. Yeah. But it was so good because you know it just it reminds you how far away you are from where you want to be. From where I was, yeah. not where I want to be, like where I physically was, man. Yeah. Like I just, I know. And what is going to take to now reverse course this? Like I was just waiting for somebody to stop and go. Well, how do we get here, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it's just so bad. And then I got to the office, and I knew it was bad because I had to throw the trash away, oh. but I didn't want anybody to see me throwing it away. That's the worst. And I was already prepared to lie and say that somebody was my son's. <laughs> yeah, the well, I was like, oh, it's Carter's. It's Carter's. You had the lie ready. I was like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah. And then I'm not, the, the the worst part was though, is I didn't want to tell my wife. I just I was in total denial about. It. I yeah. just like I didn't want to tell my wife. And then I had like a terrible lunch, and then I come home. My wife, who's been like cooking all the time, my wife. I didn't marry my wife because she can cook. She actually couldn't cook a damn thing when we got married. Mm. And now, she's like a goddamn chef. Yeah. She's cooking unbelievable meals. That's awesome. Right. And it's just I get home and I'm like, fuck, I can't. I can't do this every single night. It's like eating out at a restaurant every single night in my home now. I mean, that's a luxury, man. It is luxury, but I have my son there, my wife there, so I got to eat together, right? I have to. I, I don't. I, and then my, now my wife's moved to making me breakfast now too. She made me a frittata with sausage and cheese in it. You have the audacity to complain about this. I'm not complaining, but I'm just I'm very saying. Lucky, like, I'm very lucky too. Howa makes me all the meals. All? All the meals. What kind of shit is this? What do you mean, all of them? Yeah, dude. Not only, dude. She, she, bless her heart. She'll do the breakfast. She'll she meal preps for the week. So she she packs the lunch ready for me to go. She makes you breakfast every morning. Every morning, man. For your entire marriage? Uh, no, for the majority. I mean, there's there was patches where I was like fasting for a while, so I would just skip breakfast. But like, if she's she's making it, here's the thing: she's making it for herself. She also makes it for me. She never does something just for herself, you know. And she knows too if like I'm on if I'm on a health kick, she'll she'll be like, okay, well, can't make this. You'll only eat this. Yeah, my wife doesn't do that. My wife, my wife will try to sabotage. Dude, me. she she today she she pre made like the oatmeal. Yeah. She had the rolled oats with some PB two and some protein mixed in. All I had to do was add the hot water. God damn, bro, your life's so easy. Duh. You still complain about coming to work. I love her. I love her so much. You still complain about coming to work. No, I don't. I don't. Who complained? You did. Never Earth, once. This show. I only, I only. I only complain when I have to move other people's furniture. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. I, I did. I told you guys sixteen times not you, to do you that. You did not. No, you did not. I was going to be the guy who didn't come I, out. Honestly, I did not want to do it. I, I got convinced to do it. Said it would help you. It would help you. I said I would rather see you suffer. Yeah. And, and have good to, call. especially in the rain. In the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when I heard it was raining here, I was like, yeah, don't do that for me, guys. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Maybe. I can't believe you have a treadmill in your office yeah, that bro. you don't use. No, I did use it. I, did, I used it last week for like two minutes. <laughs> you got Come on. I put it on three. I was pushing it over. I was pushing it over to the other building. and It's got wheels in the back. Yeah, no, exactly. I was, that's why I was pushing I was going to carry it, but it, it's heavy. It, yeah, it had, yeah, it had the wheels. And um, everyone kept stopping me like, oh, put it in my office. <laughs> put it in my cube. He'll never notice. Do you have my TV hooked up to? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it has a TV in it already. I know. It no, doesn't, that doesn't work. I don't think it works. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a remote in there. If there is, I haven't seen it yet, but I got to figure it out. Uh, for everybody, we, uh, we're remodeling our office, so we're going to another, uh, another building for like three months, and then we'll go back to that Yeah, building. temporary space. Temporary space. Yeah. Well, now that I've shamed myself on the show, mm. I think it's time to say we'll see you on the next one, everybody.
Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.